0: Hi guys, welcome to episode 6 of What's the Word. My name is Manu.
1: And Reno.
0: What's going on today, bro? What's the word of the day?
1: Filled with anticipation. Anticipation for the weekend. We got the AFC and NFC Championship. Um, Also, anticipating the Giants uh, off-season moves as a fan because, you know, our season's over. But I'm, I'm really excited. Really excited for the NFL honors that is coming up. So there's a lot of stuff to be excited about in the football world, and then also baseball starting up uh, shortly. Pitchers and catchers will report in March. So, uh, really excited for a lot of things sports wise coming up.
0: Nice, nice. That's always good. I think we're up both on the same page here. A lot of anticipation. I think that when the NFL playoffs are going on, that's really like kind of the other sports offset a little bit. However, the australian open is currently going on we got novak and an american a 25 year old in the semifinals that should be an interesting match and dude on, one th- on that i, I want to ask your opinion on something that came out came came out today so espn there's an article saying victoria azarenka which is a beast a in legend, the te- a legend yeah. in the tennis even world even i know about yeah it. so yeah. It, great she's good <laughs> she's a good girl um, and so she o- she was ordered to take off PSG shirt before Australian Open semifinal. So here's the deal, the, from my perspective at least, players are required in a sponsorship point of view. Players are required to play with the sponsorship. Hundred percent, that makes sense. Players get paid to do that. However, I feel like she could walk in the court however she wanted to. And when I went to explore that a little bit, I found that her, that her seven year old son his dream is to play for PSG, and she's been a big supporter of them. So she actually wear she's been wearing the the shirts to um, match her son.
1: So now, in your findings, did you find out if it was PSG that wanted her to take it off, or if it was the like? Uh Like the tennis association, pro tennis association?
0: So the story essentially, she doesn't even know. Uh, She walked onto the court, was warming up the umpire, the chair umpire, which is like the the referee of the tennis, Mm -hmm. asked her to take it off. Now, when she came into the the press uh, conference, she said, I think it's the sponsors, and, hey, I understand that, you know, the logo might be pretty big, and I cannot blame that, but, like, come on.
1: You have your logo all over me during the match and all that stuff. So I mean, yeah. I think she just wanted to like show support for her son's favorite team and and stuff like that. That that when it comes to contracts, maybe we need to learn a little bit more about it like with her, but
0: that's true. We also don't know what the con- the contract yeah. specifically says. Maybe
1: once she steps foot on the court she, she cannot wear anything that is not like, say, Nike or Adidas or Under Armour or Puma, whatever she, her contract you is. See, and
0: that's that's a great point because we're sometimes we're so quick to jump to conclusions. Like, even I did my research, but I was like, "Dude, this is so fucked up." But that's right, dude. She might have signed a contract that specifically states that she cannot do that. Yeah. And if she didn't, that's fucked up. But if she did,
1: guess we gotta find out. Well, out of for real quick, out of respect for her, maybe they should have said to her. The reason for taking it off, like okay, it was the sponsorship deal. Cool, but so I'm sure I'm
0: sure you're gonna have a pretty nice talk about all. Oh, this. probably because yeah. they would not want it happening. And you
1: know again. what's the worst part of it all? That she she got defeated on that match. Mm. Like it probably psyched her too. out, kind of like it. it like because you're in the moment, you're in the game. She wasn't worrying anything about this PSG shirt, sure. and then all of a sudden she gets told, "Yo, you got to take that off." Yeah, that probably also, psyched you out just a smidge. And oh, and she is like, really, yeah. Would you consider her top five ten- women's tennis player of all time?
0: Not of all time, okay. but I say in my generation, yes, top five, easily. Okay. In my generation, and like a little bit of my mamas. Okay, interesting. <laughs> interesting. interesting. <laughs> all right. So, going to the next topic here, something that uh we were just watching before uh, we started our podcast here, major league pickleball tournament. Yes, you guys heard that right. So it's 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 a little bit. We don't know a lot about it. Obviously, as a tennis player, I have some interest. But a lot of celebrities own teams. By the way, you can get one for like 7750 k like a good one. If you want to split one, just let me know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we gotta so a we got to hit
0: up Dude, we got LeBron. We got Brady. We got Durant. We got Mahomes. We got Naomi Osaka owning a pickleball team. So what's what your perspective on, the, on like – it's not really a new sport, but it's an emerging, emerging
1: sport. I think it's like a status symbol. It's like, you can't really own a football team, you can't really own a basketball team anymore, like, if you want to get into that realm, solely, because it's just so goddamn expensive now. The the time to invest in that almost was done, but now...
0: Like, any you know, celebrity can just go ahead and buy yeah, a you,
1: a whole team, like, you own whole, no, full No, dude, but ownership. the
0: teams, the teams are, are, by my research, which, you know, I'm not a lot into this pickleball stuff, it's... Four people per team, though it's two women, two 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 guys.
1: Okay, yeah, I think it's gonna be really interesting because I think it's gonna be like a status symbol. Like if you're if you play for Mahomes' team, he's probably gonna like put a lot of money into it in terms of pickleball money. Like I think he'll put a lot of money into it, which will be pretty pretty cool to see.
0: But on the other perspective, is like it's cool to see these all these athletes owning another sports team because it kind of you know it's bringing a lot of eyeball to it. We we're talking
1: about it. Well, you see it happening a lot in um, a lot of uh, NBA people are trying to get into football ownership, like LeBron really is trying to get into football ownership. On that,
0: on that, rumors in the street are... Jeff Bezos might be thinking about buying the commanders.
1: Yeah, and I think he's definitely a guy that absolutely has enough money to do it. <laughs> so, I, I, mean,
0: I read an article that said, oh, he's thinking about selling the Washington Post, which would be great uh, to buy oh, great. Yeah, to
1: buy the commanders,
0: but I was just like, I don't think he needs to do yeah, that. Yeah, I don't think he really needs <laughs> to do <too>. it. <laughs> like,
1: what that's telling me is, like, Jeff Bezos got real fucking bored of, like, owning the Washington Post, and he's like, eh. Hey, I going not own the fucking Commanders. That
0: could mean great things for the Commanders. Because, honestly, to be they need completely blunt, they have sucked. Yeah. The ownership has sucked. Everything has sucked. Snyder culture. has been in the headlines for I don't know how long. So I think it's kind of like uh, they're pushing him out kind of thing. Legally,
1: like, yo, dude, you got to sell, like, type of thing. Like, we'll try to keep it out of, the, like, the loop as much as we can in the news. Like hush-hush about, like, because, look, at the end of the day, the NFL doesn't want everything to come out because
0: there's it a, would hurt the there's, NFL. There is a lot of shit that, yeah, absolutely. And on the NFL, obviously, we are approaching a great fucking time of the year. Me and Reno yesterday were actually watching Super Bowl halftime show performances uh, back to 2014.
1: I think we watched, like, six or seven of them. It was great. Yeah. By the way,
0: great experience, guys. You should do that. So far, we like the 2014 Bruno Mars performance the best. But hey, I feel like Rihanna this year
1: is She gonna, could top it. Yeah. Because she's like, just like him in the aspect of a performer. Not just a singer, but a performer. And the fact that no one has seen her performance yeah, so no, long. Like a decade.
0: It's like, even if you don't like her- you are curious to see, yeah. What the everybody wants go to see Riri and
1: Riri. And is she gonna everybody. bring someone, dude? Oh, dude, I would love to see like M or somebody that she is might like ASAP. Oh, oh my lord! It, but is he allowed back in America?
0: Oh, uh, I don't know. How, well, I would think so. I think I, he got I pardoned think, by Trump I think at one point, so, so I think he's good. Yeah,
1: well, Trump pardoned ASAP Rocky. Did you know that? What a gangster. Like he literally pardoned him on one of his last days of my office. Dude, the orange guy, what
0: a guy. But let's not get political over here. Let's go back into the NFL. But before we talk about who is in, you know, I like to talk about who is out. I think that the most upsetting of it all, it was uh personally for you the Giants and the Cowboys, I feel like that was uh not an upsetting, but it was like fuck man, really? Again, again. <laughs> So in your opinion why did the Giants come short?
1: I think what it came down to was personnel. Like they were just overpowered in terms of skill players. Like you have our wide receiving core which which played above their pay grade and and what they were meant to be. But at the same time that's like practice squad playing practice squad players playing at the average league level because Daniel Jones's quarterback play is a lot different than A.J. Brown having the best year of his career in Philadelphia this year. Devontae Smith g- continuing his his tear that he's been on since he's entered the league. Dallas Goddard being back and just clearly being a top five tight end. And it's Jalen Hurts as well. So I think, like, when you stack up position against position, the Giants were just outmatched.
0: What do we think about the Vikings' defense versus the Eagle defense? Because that, that for sure obviously played a big role on, on Daniel
1: Dimes' performance. The, the pass rush was key for the Philadelphia Eagles. The pass rush was quick, got to Daniel Jones very, very quick. He had very little time to actually let plays develop, and you saw that. Where he occasionally had time for his plays to develop in that Philadelphia game, he made good throws, And converted first downs. But no time in the pocket turned into a rough night for the Giants. And I think that's what it came down to, the defensive line. They outperformed the offensive line of the Giants.
0: A rough night, but a hopeful future. So that's kind of nice to see. I would agree. And specifically on that, we have seen Saquon hit the headlines yesterday. What do you think the future holds for him? Do you think he's going to stay? Do you think Miami is actually an option? What do we see?
1: So I think a lot of people would always go first for like Miami being a, a destination for a lot of people getting a new contract, mainly because I think, you know, you got South Beach, you have Dude, you're getting the, paid and you have the lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. But with that also comes, you know, a lot more responsibility because you're on a you're a target. You know, you're living that lifestyle, but can you still commit to the NFL. Now, with that being said, I don't think Saquon Barkley is going to leave New York. I think he's already said that he doesn't want to reset the the running back market, and also something to look about to to look at. I was talking to Suddy today. The Giants offered Saquon Barkley midway through the season twelve million dollars. He declined it. Fair enough. Smart. The by Giants the way. smart. The Giants um, are already said that they're not going to franchise tag him. They're going to look to re-sign him. Same with Daniel Jones. The franchise tag would be $10 million So for a running back this year. If you're franchise tagged, which means you can't go anywhere else, you're going to get paid what this is. I think if they're not going to franchise tag him, and they already offered him more than the franchise tag, I think they are willing to come up a little bit more Based off of what he was, because if they offered him less than the franchise tag, I think that would have been like a low ball.
0: But also, Saquon is—he's much bigger than the getting paid and the lifestyle. You know, he—I I believe he's bigger than that. i, I, believe I also he, think
1: Odell plays a, a role. Yeah, I think—I think he wants to play with Odell. I think Odell I think he wants, wants to, to come see back it through to New with York. the Giants. I yeah, think he wants to see I think it through. they want to have this like little reunion. Like Odell never got to play. With Daniel Jones. Odell was very, very good with Eli Manning. But the team around him wasn't as good. Now, if you bring Odell in, he's not your—he's not going to be your number one receiver. We're going to go grab somebody else. But I think Saquon wants that reunion. Because Joe Shane, the, the GM of the Giants, already said in their press conference, uh, end of the year press conference, that he doesn't see why if Odell is healthy and the money makes sense... Why he wouldn't be in a New York Giants uniform at the start of the season next year. So, That's that makes me think. And also, a fun little tidbit. Drake's uh, concert that he had in New York recently, just this past weekend, seen backstage, Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham Jr., Daniel Jones, all backstage, chilling with each other. So, I mean, like, I think it's got, I mean... Roger Goodell, I don't, don't be going into the tampering, but <laughs> I think, like, they want a reunion. Like, I think Saquon's like, dude, let me show you, like, OBJ, let me show you, bro, this this dude's a fucking dog. Like, he wants to play with you. He wants to fucking make this thing a reality and, like, bring it back to New York. And I think Odell wants to show those New York fans that thought he was an immature kid when he left that but he has he's matured. Ready, Right? Like, I think it would be... He made his career in the big apple. Let's let's end it there and let's 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 win some playoff games and potentially win a Super Bowl.
0: And dude, and from the Giants franchise point of view, that would be fucking awesome. It that would, would be fucking like, dude. How awesome, much money would dude. they
1: make? Do you know how much money they would
0: awesome. make? Just that fucking back?
1: rebuilt. I'll buy a jersey. I'll buy another jersey. Because I burned my other one. But oh, that's drastic. We yeah, well, I mean it that. was it, it had to be done. So before we actually start into the interesting stuff and who is alive,
0: tell me what's going on with Danny Dimes and his
1: card market, dude. I mean, we saw a big jump in the in the NT when we saw him ascend, right? Like a huge like a huge jump. Like those things were 800, $700, 800 bucks and they jumped all the way up to like two point eight, which is still extremely cheap.
0: For a, quarterback, for a, quarterback, for a that's quarterback early. That's even doesn't have to be what doesn't even have to do what he has done especially with the rushing yards, but just for being a quarterback into the fucking playoffs, dude, yeah. carrying a team that hasn't done it for like 10 years, not carrying because the team
1: is doing his work, but yeah. But no, essentially leading them like, like you're right. He led them into the playoffs. And I think like, you see all these guys that are on teams that are winning four games and it's like their, their NTs are 10, $12,000, maybe even more. You see seeing Josh Allen, take a big hit as well with the NT. Um, but I think going into that, segueing into Josh Allen and Daniel Jones, I think they're very similar quarterbacks. I think they're very, very similar. in the fact that you're seeing with Patrick Mahomes, Brock Purdy, these were guys that were meant not to be great. Mahomes was not meant to be great. They were projecting him to be a third-round pick. Andy Reid went up, drafted him 10th overall. He moved up in the draft from... Like, I think he moved up, like, 17 picks or something like that. And he went and drafted him. Josh Allen, same thing. Not highly recruited. He actually was a zero-star recruit, just like Daniel Jones going into into college. And he was drafted by the Bills. And Brian Dable is his Kyle Shanahan, is his Andy Reid. We're seeing him with Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan. It's that match made in heaven. Brian Dable leaves. Blow and chase. Yeah, like, well, and I think it's it's more or less the the, the coach bringing it out of the, the, the quarterback and scheming to his potential. Like, not just saying, you know, I'm a good coach and you're going to do what my playbook says. It's, I'm such a good coach that I'm going to scheme a playbook that best suits my quarterback. And you're seeing it with Josh Allen this year. The most turnovers in the past three years from a quarterback... 25, okay? Past three years, nobody else has gone over that. That's the first year that he hasn't had Brian Dable, okay? Now, Daniel Jones, first year of Brian Dable with no receivers or anything. There was nobody that great. And he has his best year. It's, it, it's the coaching. It's not always just so wait, the Josh quarterback. Josh Allen
0: had more turnovers than 25.
1: This year. No, This so this year, his first year without Brian Dable is when he set that record for most turnovers oh, without fuck. Brian Dable. I so see. I'm saying, like, guys, the opportunity that – and I know there's some bias because I'm a huge Giants fan, but I've been saying it from the beginning. I think Daniel Jones has a lot of potential. It just comes down to the coaching, and he's had three head coaches in his time in the NFL. Three in four years. Okay? they, they didn't. Or this is his fifth year. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option. But what I'm saying is – Josh Allen and T's were going for 50-60k. Now they're down to like 30, which I think is, you know, a little drastic, but they were going for $60,000 in a BGS 9. Who is to say that next year if Daniel Jones and Brian Dable can go secure a number 1 receiver, draft one, bring in OBJ, what is going to happen when Daniel Jones is in the MVP conversation? Everybody's going to fucking blow up. And those up. cards Plunged the, the,
0: the market was very drastic with Daniel Jones, dude. This, the day after they were out, it fucking plunged. It plunged. But yeah, there is great opportunity I there. I started picking them up again. And you have been saying this for a long fucking time. And just really quickly here, can we just talk five seconds about the fumble that cost the fucking Jags? The fucking playoffs?
1: I mean, yeah, essentially, like, it was, it was a fumble that... Definitely halted the comeback because they were down by 10. But, like, it just seems to always happen. Like, it's like Trevor Lawrence is coming back and and he's starting to, you know, have that comeback and it's feeling like, oh, shit, this is about to happen. He's he's bringing them down the field and then all of a sudden dude, to fumble. And it's like you hate to see it. You hate to see it happen. But the Jags have such a good future ahead of them. That people forget. Calvin Ridley was suspended this year for gambling. That's right. And he is going to be on the Jags next year. That team is going to be scary. Really, really scary. I'm excited for Trevor Lawrence.
0: So look out for Giants and Jags in the future and obviously a few other teams that we're going to talk about here now. So, Reno, what are your predictions
1: for Sunday? Sunday. Manu has Bengals and Eagles. I and I agree with the Bengals. I think it's going to be a crazy game because I don't know if you've seen the the videos of Pat Mahomes, but he's like jumping around, stretching, doing it. He looks fine. He, he, looks, it, yeah. he looks, He fine. said he 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 feels <laughs> just fine, dude. Yeah. But
0: dude. Looking at stats, Burrow has like the the games that they have dominated played, the matchups, dominated the matchups. But mm. if you look at individual stats over the season, you could say the Mahomes. Dominated, Burrow.
1: Yeah, so like in and and that's 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 really good that you say that. Like MVP wise, I, I do think Mahomes wins it this year. But when you look up those two that just go against each other, it's literally like Mahomes sees Burrow in his nightmares. Because I'll tell you what, you ask Mahomes, would he rather that MVP or would he rather beat Joe Burrow in an, and not even guaranteed a Super Bowl, but. Would you rather beat him in the AFC championship to go to the Super Bowl? He would literally, I think he would trade that MVP. Just Fuck yeah, he to would. beat Joe Burrow, change the narrative. I can beat this guy.
0: And I did it when he mattered. Exactly. So I, That's gonna be It's a gonna be a really, really game. good game. And on the other side? And I think
1: I'm I'm not gonna lie, I'm really scared of the Eagles. I think they're starting to play a really, really good You're football.
0: Scared of the Bucs?
1: But Big Cock Brock. He's going to get it done, and he is going to bring the Niners to the Super Bowl. This story is going to continue to ride. I don't know if he's going to win the Super Bowl, but the story is going to continue. It's hard to go into Philadelphia. Was he the
0: one they called Mr. Irrelevant? Is that how the story goes? The
1: famous Mr. Irrelevant, last pick in the draft, seventh round pick. I just think, like, he's really, like, got that swagger because— Kyle Shanahan has instilled that confidence in him. He's given him that confidence, and I think you see it more and more and more every single game. and it's really hard to go into the link. It's really, really hard to go up against those Eagles fans. But Brock Purdy is, is, is it's magic going on right now. and if you are not an Eagles fan and you're not rooting for the 49ers and Brock Purdy, what are you I think doing? you're a communist. Seriously, like because there's no way you like the birds if you're not a diehard birds fan. Come on, dude, no way. That was a little biased,
0: but yes, essentially yes. Anyways, dude, but you're taking while you're taking Joey B to win it all.
1: I think I think when Joey it comes B down to wins it? it all. I think actually I think whoever wins this AFC championship will win it all. So, Bengals, and if the Bengals win, I think they win the Super Bowl. If the Chiefs win and Mahomes just looks perfectly fine, not hurt, they're going to the Super Bowl. But you think
0: Patty takes the MVP?
1: Yeah, so, yeah, I think.
0: It's interesting. Four teams, three quarterbacks, in the MVP conversation. That's really fucking
1: cool. Yeah, yeah. And one of them is in the Rookie of the Year conversation, Brock yeah. Birdie. Cock There you go, big cock Bernie again. <laughs> he's, he's the guy. He's just got something rolling, and and it's cool to see. And like, and I think him and Kyle Shanahan have a a special connection, which you don't find often. It's a Brady Belichick thing. Like, without Brady, there's no Belichick. Without Belichick, there is no Brady. So, it's 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 a marriage. And a lot of people think coaching is easy, but the coach has to have their quarterback. They they really do. You've seen it a lot with Russell Wilson. He doesn't have Pete Carroll anymore. So, I think it's really interesting. I think it's going to be a really, really good playoff. I think the Super Bowl is going to be epic with Rihanna coming back. And, like, we're going to have a good game either way. Whoever is in the Super Bowl, we're going to have a good game. Like, even if the Birds do win, I'm going to be praying they fucking lose. But...
0: They're gonna ride the motherfucking city.
1: It's gonna Oh my lord. They're <laughs> gonna burn down where's, Broad Street. Where's the
0: Super Bowl? Arizona?
1: Arizona, yep. Glendale, Arizona. Glendale, Arizona. Yep. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be February really, really awesome. February 12. Yeah. And then
0: the MVPs announced February 9th, I believe, I believe so.
1: I think you said that, yeah. Interesting.
0: Interesting. And dude, on that, what else do we got? Panthers? New head new head uh
1: They hired Frank Reich. I mean, I always, like, find it, like, odd when, like, coaches go out on bad terms and then they get hired, like, so quickly. Like, and it's such a Panthers thing to do. Like, let me just go get this guy that, like, they probably missed out on at first when the Colts wanted him as the coach. And I just think, like... I think we're all starting to see that Doug Peterson was the real mastermind behind that Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl run with, with Nick Foles because and Frank Reich, he hasn't really proved anything crazy, and Doug Peterson just comes back and like revitalizes Trevor Lawrence and the whole entire Jaguars organization, like complete turnaround. So, I mean, it's a typical Panthers thing to do, unfortunately, for them, but... It should Maybe be one day they'll come it's, back. It's going to be a crazy off season. Like football is going to be like really, really good even after the Super Bowl. So I'm super excited. There's a lot of good free agents. There's a lot of talks about trades going on. We have the draft coming up. We we like college football around here. You know, Ohio State's got the most people in the past decade that no play in really the cares. NFL, you know? and it's like far, far ahead of everybody. I Those mean, Bama's Bem's like, there, actually but actually, no one really
0: cares. But I think thank they you for sure. I mean. <laughs> By the way, guys, I'm a Penn State uh, fan, and uh, we don't really like the Buckeyes around here. So, with that being said, what else you got for us, Reno?
1: uh, Hobby news. I've seen a lot of people talking about um, whether or not that, you know, this calendar that we have going on with the draft classes and product coming out, and, like, it's kind of like, Fucking up, like, the seasons almost. And I'm really bothered that, like, Panini doesn't give a fuck to, like... I understand the COVID fucked shit up. But I'm, like, starting to wonder, like, we're done. We're, we're clearly done with this past NFL season in terms of, like, the rookies and stuff like that. Right. And we don't have Immaculate. We don't have... I know they're signing contenders, but we don't have contenders. We don't have national treasures, like a lot of that stuff is going to come out when this next draft class is and like and I know I'm being like a little stingier because now I have to like wait for CJ Stroud stuff but here's the thing it's almost like you can't prospect these guys anymore because by the time the product's going to come out you're going to know if a guy like started off hot or not. So, like, exactly. Mac Jones, like, for instance, people got fucking literally, like, I'm going to buy C.J. Stroud no matter what. But, like, people that weren't big fans of Mac Jones, but they like to buy quarterbacks, they couldn't buy his stuff at the beginning of the year, right? He goes, has a great rookie year. Everybody unloads. You have this whole offseason, right? People are buying, 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 buying. Has a horrific second year, and now everything's tanking. And it's like that big gap in the offseason. Like you almost
0: took the fun out of it.
1: Yeah, it's you can't prospect anymore. Like you can't like unless you have big bucks. And actually, quick two questions you got to answer quick, just with a name.
0: Most overrated player in the NFL. In the NFL,
1: most overrated player in the NFL is Lamar Jackson.
0: Ooh, is that personal?
1: I've always not liked Lamar Jackson. Like when it comes to the quarterback. Athlete stud. Yeah. But quarterback, dude, he's just not it for me. Most underrated? The most underrated player in the NFL is Daniel Jones. And okay, so let's let's not do quarterbacks. Let's not do quarterbacks okay. so, because I do think Daniel Jones is the most underrated because a lot of people wouldn't say well, he's top Well, all the 10. other
0: positions are fucking underrated pretty much. Yeah.
1: I think the most overrated posi- person pos- uh like in a different position is Fuck, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm going to say underrated is linebackers nowadays because I think what people are missing out, and it's not going to care. Nobody's going to give a fuck about cards with linebackers, but, like, when I look at linebackers in the NFL, I know this kind of turned into, like, an NFL podcast, but, like, Fred Warner's dominating. So, like, I think just, like, it's kind of crazy. But, like, if I were you, if I was people... I think Brock Purdy is becoming overrated in cards. People need to slow down and pay appropriately because I think he's really good, but I think he could have a... Like, what happens next year if they don't make it to the NFC Championship? Is everybody just going to dump his cards like they always fucking do? Like, because you paid too high too early? Now, I think a card that is on the uprise that you can buy right now is Justin Fields. I think he's very yes. underrated. Yes. I think Justin Agreed. Fields is very underrated. I think he's a better Lamar Jackson, stronger arm, smarter, very, very athletic. He's not as fast and twitchy, but the boy's got a fucking stride like a goddang deer. Like, it is crazy. He's crazy athletic, and, and, and it seems like he's really married to the game. He's so.
0: focused, exactly. Mm-hmm. He's a focused. Mm-hmm. I like
1: that. Absolutely. I like that.
0: So, guys, we have been a little bit off schedule lately, but we will be coming back next Thursday with episode 7 for you guys. Hopefully with a special guest.
1: Um, We're going to also start this thing, actually. We don't want to forget about this. We're going to start this thing where we are doing a daily uh, one-on-one wager type thing.
0: Battle. It's on. I love that you brought that up. uh,
1: With players that are playing on that day. So, really quick... We're going we're gonna to just get a quick little... We're going to start with teams. We're going to start with teams, okay? And we're going to start in the NBA, okay? Really quick. I'm going to take a team to win. And then who, if both of our teams win, it's going to be whoever wins by the most points. Sounds
0: perfect. Talk okay? to me who's playing today.
1: So we have the Pistons and the Nets. We have the Knicks and the Celtics. We have the Bulls versus the Hornets. The Cavs versus the Rockets, the Mavs versus the Suns, and the Spurs versus the Clippers. Ladies first, I'll let you pick It's You're so team.
0: fucked. Celtics, baby.
1: Okay, so Manu is going to take the <laughs> Celtics over the Knicks, and I'm going to take the Brooklyn Nets over the Pistons.
0: Talk dirty to me.
1: So there yes. we go. First
0: bet, first bet of the week.
1: It's going on the board. It's
0: going on the board. All right, boys, we'll see you guys next week. Much love. Let's go, Joey B.
1: Peace out, guys.